Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Hi, welcome to season two of the Dirt Roads Circuit Riders podcast. And my name is Doug Rutledge. I will be with uh, my esteemed co-hosts, Mike Hool and Steve McVeigh. This year, we've tagged the year of the Hope of the Rural Church. And I'm just excited to uh, to move forward from what we've been through in the past year. So I guess uh, this is a good opportunity for us to refamiliarize ourselves with the people who are listening. Uh, and we'll start with you, Steve. You can tell them who you are and what you're all about. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are working really hard to improve the podcast. We started out, we had this dream of resourcing rural pastors and we really launched this idea before COVID hit, and we found ourselves this last year just addressing those types of things and learning a lot about the grind of putting on a podcast. And so we are excited, The Hope of the Rural Church, Season 2. I am Steve McVeigh, and um, I was born in Lansing, Michigan, a big city. And then the Lord, as I followed the call into ministry, I ended up in the summer of 2000 in a community of 40 in Lamont, Kansas, in a church that had been slated to close. And we just had experienced, um, over the last 20-some years, the blessing of God as we went through a revitalization. Lamont Wesleyan Church became a, a thriving regional ministry and sort of had a mentality of bringing big church to small town, and then God sort of changed that completely. We became a church planting church. And so we've been involved in planting churches, three churches now. We're, we're looking at the fourth. And in all of that, everywhere I went, um, I noticed that all the conferences that I would attend, most of the resources about how to grow a church or how to do church, it just did not apply to my situation. And so um, in 2017, God through a, a really the fall of 2017, God through just a, a series of events led us to start the Roads Network. And without talking a lot about Dirt Roads Network, basically, here's what we've come to believe. So here's like the seven things that I talk about now, is that first of all, rural America is a mission field. It should be treated like a mission field. It isn't the same as ministry in other places. Mission fields, number two, mission fields require or call for missionaries, people who are called to that area, to that region. And so we believe that the best ministry happens when the pastor is called to that area. They aren't looking for a stepping stone. They're not on a career path. God has called them. And then right along with that, because if you've seen one small town, you've only seen one small town, 
we believe that rather than pursuing programs, rural missionaries and rural missionary churches should pursue prayer and discern what God is doing and allow God to lead them in their missionary focus. Then we believe in vibrancy. We don't believe that rural churches should have funeral services on Sunday morning. We just don't. We serve a risen Savior who's in the world today, to quote a hymn just for irony. But there should be excitement around the ministry of a rural church. And then the, the fifth thing is excellence. We just believe that we should do our very best. And by excellence, we don't mean city-fied, because a lot of times that's what, like when someone says we need excellent ministry, what they really mean is let's do ministry like the big church. But I'm talking about let's put our heart into this and do the very best we can, not to be fancy, but to be good, to do the best that we can, like it matters. The sixth thing that we talk about is the need to be a river rather than a lake, that churches should be sending, that the idea isn't how much can we accumulate. The idea is how, much can, how many people can we call into a relationship with Jesus, develop them, and then send them on their mission. And then number seven, the last thing we talk about is urgency. Change in a rural area is slow. The thing that should push it is not a desire to be cool, not a desire to be like other ministries, but the fact that the ministry we're doing affects eternity. Heaven and hell are at stake in what we do, and so that is what pushes us. And that's the core values. Those are the core values of Dirt Roads Network. Yeah, Steve, that's great. And maybe I'll become Wesleyan when this is all done. I love what you shared there. I'm, I'm Mike Cool, by the way, and I... Um, I grew up in a small town. Actually, I grew up in a town in Metford, Wisconsin. If you've heard of Toonstone Pizza, you've heard of Metford, Wisconsin. That is our claim to fame. And the reason it's called Toonstone Pizza is the place where the pizza originated was in a bar and grill place across from a cemetery. That's why it's named Toonstone Pizza. little history there. Um, I grew up in that small town, 4,500. Um, became a teacher and a coach, so I didn't go into ministry right away. Spent 11 years doing that in a small town called Tomahawk, Wisconsin. And then from there, I never really wanted to be a pastor. At age, at age 12, I was called in. I grew up in a tradition where uh, if you were called into the ministry, you couldn't get married. And so therefore, I decided I don't want to do ministry. So God dragged me in through a series of events to call me into uh, planting a church in Chippewa Falls through the Vineyard Movement. So we did that actually 17 years ago. I, I just realized the reality of 17 years of doing this. And the interesting part about for that, the first 10 years, I was co-vocational. So I did this working two jobs. So if you're co-vocational or bivocational, you I understand exactly what you're going through. I did it for a decade, and it's an it's an e, not an easy road. Um, there's a lot of joy to it. There's a lot of pain to it. There's a lot of work to it. But through these 17 years, um, I learned quite a bit about myself and who I am, which led me into a series of things in the Vineyard that is very unique. See, the Vineyard is one of those rare uh, denominations, movements that came out of a large city, suburban, college campus, church planting movement. And the Vineyard kind of was just nice to the rural pastors. They didn't really know us much. And all of a sudden, one day we had a conference. We realized that over a quarter to almost a third of our churches in the Vineyard are in rural, rural areas. 
And through it, we formed a small town team, which I now lead. So I'm now the small town USA vineyard specialist, which is a mouthful. Basically what it means is this. I help churches in the vineyard movement that want to plant churches in rural America, first of all, and that's big important. I help support churches who are currently planting, and I help support churches that are that are going right now and providing encouragement, providing um, resources, what they need, just calls, coaching, mentoring, things like that. And we also perform a, a lot of things that provide resources for them as well. One thing I've learned through this over and over in my mind is the rural church's need for encouragement. Like that was my reality for 17 years. It still is to some point. Needing that and you know, living in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, planning that church, we just needed more encouragement. And I think for all of us, that's the hope I think we're leading into today. That reality of like, hey, this is hard and this is not easy all the time. And yet there's still a lot of joy and amazing things that happen in what I call the slow work of the kingdom in rural America. So that's my journey. It's been a little different, a little unique. And uh, Michael, that that is awesome. And I I did not I failed to mention that I work now with with pastors around the country. Both of both Michael and I work with pastors around the country, rural pastors, and we both really focus not on that like let's let's bring a city church to the country deal, but how do we how do we perform as missionaries right here where we are? And and right now, just to know like how we're trying to figure that out is we're actually starting what's called maybe a micro church. We don't really have a name for it yet another rural community um, 45 minutes north of us. So we're in the process of planting another one as we speak. Absolutely. And we are really blessed that it's just not the two of us on this podcast right. that we have Doug. Doug brings ministry from a whole different rural perspective. So Doug, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your ministry? All right, uh, I can do that. Um, I'm Doug Rutledge. I'm the president and founder, which has its own set of hurdles and expectations uh, of a place called Crossroads Farm, which is currently in two locations. One is in Kalkaska, Michigan, the trout capital of Michigan, and the other is in south central Michigan, a little town called Reading, uh, which has the total town population of 1,200. So we're pretty rural. Uh, And uh, what happened is um, after doing my ministry in the uh, career trajectory, where you say, you know what, I'm completely unlike Mike. I want to build a great career and uh, and be known around the world. Um, <laughs> what happened instead is I married a country girl, and my heart broke a little bit for rural communities when I realized, you know, if I retire here or leave here or go to find another church ministry in youth, and that's what we do, we do youth, we work with students, um, if if I do that, the church that I'm working for is just going to go out and hire a younger, cooler version of me. As hard as that is to believe that there's a cooler version of me, that uh, <laughs> that was my that was my um, that was my motivation. And so that's impossible. I know. I, I know. I, he's the coolest guy I know. Yeah, I know. So uh, thanks, guys. I'll I'll pay you later. So the. Um, so the birth of Crossroads Farm was to look at rural communities and say, look. What are we doing to equip the, uh, you know, 12 million secondary students in rural communities who don't have the same opportunities? And so Crossroads Farm was born out of that. And um, our model, our pattern of ministry is just that we engage students. So you take that concept, um, Isaiah chapter 42, verses 6 and 7, use these phrases, and we grabbed hold of those, um, not just to make a mission statement. That's oversold, I think. 
but actually to give us an operational pattern. We said, we're, go we're going to do whatever it takes to engage a rural kid. And that's, that's, uh, that's a daunting task sometimes. The second thing that we did is we were going to equip those who were willing, and that meant we took a long-term view of everything we did. We weren't here for a year and a half. We were talking about uh, the, tra the training materials that we go through. It's a four-year discipleship pattern. Last night, we had our meeting. 45 of our leaders were there in the building, and they were praying for students. We were coaching them through this discipleship pattern. Four years of exhaustive training in rural youth ministry. That's equipping, and we do that for students and for adult leaders. Because if we send them back into the churches, if we send kids into the churches, and there are no adult leaders who know what to do with kids, it, it's, it's, it's going to defeat itself. Then the third thing was that we release them, and it's not our job, it's God's, but we show them a free path out of their rural enslavements. And um, there are all kinds of those rural enslavements, things that you know we might tend to think are cute if we're on the outside looking in, but from the inside they're traps. And then uh, long-term, we're impacting our community for Christ. And Crossroads has been able to see that exponentially over the years. Uh, we figured that we've ministered to about 8,000 secondary students in our two locations. We're about ready to launch our third uh, location and looking for four and five. So that's, that's, that's who we are, my wife Dawn and I, co-founders. And uh, guys, you can chime in on this. Everybody knows she's the real genius of what happens here, and I'm not kidding you. She is really the driving force. After me and her, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I think we probably could say for all three of us, though, I think we'd all be lost without our spouses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, as we look at these next, um, this next season, season number two, the Hope for the Rural Church, I, what we're going to do is we're just going to start here in the next two or three podcast, a few podcasts, we're going to play an interview that we did with Jeff Clark from the International Mission Board. Uh, he is a rural church expert, and of all the people that we have, the three of us have been around, Jeff Clark just gets what we're about. I mean, he understands the underdog nature of rural ministry. And he did an interview with us. Oh, it's been a little bit ago now. But we're going to use that as a platform. That's going to be like the launching pad for what we're going to be talking about this year. And, and throughout this season, we are going to focus on hopeful opportunities for pastors. How do we minister in this tough area. And so starting with our very next podcast, we're going to jump into an interview with Jeff Clark, and we're going to just talk about hope for the rural church, hope for the rural pastor. And that's the key is hope, right? Without, without it, we're kind of lost. Without the hope of Christ, without the reality of his word to speak to us, about his spirit to move in us, um, there's not a lot of things to hope for. I, I want to kind of end with a, a story here and let someone else go next. But I was talking to my, my children's leader the other day, and she was really having a downtime, which we've all been through, right? And she said, I look around, I just, all I see is all this evil in the world and stuff. And she goes, where's the light? And I looked at her, and I had one of those Holy Spirit moments you can have as a pastor, one of those like rare moments where you're brilliant for five seconds. We've all been there, right? And you're like, wish we could harvest that. You know, Doug's shaking his head, but he's probably brilliant all the time. I just take my five-second moment. And, and the reality is... Um, I looked at her and I said, maybe that's the point. She said, I mean, maybe we're supposed to be the light instead of looking for others. 
and have Christ shine through us. And I think the challenge for our role as pastors is to give you hope. That I think maybe what God is calling us to a season of being the light and the darkness, which we are to call to anyways, we know that. But I think maybe it's a reset in that and understanding that, which gives me a lot of hope. It gives me a lot of hope for the future, wherever you're at. I think there'd be really good things coming up. So on behalf of the guys, Mike and Steve, we want to offer this as a resource to rural pastors across the country. We're we're really hoping you gain something from this. If nothing else, it's a conversation that you can be engaged in, and we want to hear from you. Uh, Be sure that you you connect with us on Facebook, and that's uh, through the Dirt Roads Circuit Riders podcast Facebook page stuff. And uh, let us know what you're thinking. Ask us questions. We'd love to be engaged with you and hope to see you sometime in the near future. But in the meantime, keep blazing a trail. We love you. God bless. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at thinkorange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at crossroadsfarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.org For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.